This is Fan POV Podcast. We are one step closer to Super Bowl Sunday. It will not be long. I am Kevin Robison. Welcome back. This is Fan Pov with me as always, Michael Panamarzik, the MVP of our show. Mike, weigh in, brother. How you doing? Oh, Kev, you know I'm good. Looking forward to this game, Super Bowl Sunday. It's like we've been uh, at the amusement park and we finally get on the best ride. I mean, Mike, this is why we do the show, right? I feel like the entire year builds up to this show predicting what's going to happen on Super Bowl Sunday. And we got two fantastic teams. In fact, Mike, for all intents and purposes, this is the Super Bowl of the century. I don't care who makes it over the next 20, 30 years. It doesn't matter. This matchup right here, I feel like this is bigger than the potential Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, State Farm Super Bowl. Like I know everybody was wanting to see and thinking ratings would have been crazy. But could there be a better storyline? Young Lion versus Old Lion Super Bowl matchup coming this Sunday, man. I'm stoked. I mean, realistically, could you write it better? You can't make it up. Must see TV. I mean, the Super Bowl is the biggest event in all sports every single year. And you put a huge exclamatory mark when you talk about Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Ain't no lie, man. Ain't no lie. All right, look, before we talk about that game, Mike, I want to talk about a couple other things that are happening in the league. You know it, and I know it, and I'm sure the listeners have heard that Matthew Stafford is no longer a Detroit Lion. Two first-rounders and some change, plus Jared Goff to the Lions. And Matthew Stafford, just like that, he's a Ram. Mike, what are your thoughts about this? Who won this trade? I think it's got to be the Rams, right? Um, look, the the point they're trying to do is win a Super Bowl. They are in a very difficult division to win. And Stafford, for all purposes, I know I go in on the guy sometime because he hasn't had that big moment, big thing going on. But he opens up their passing game. Right now, if you look back to 2019 and you compare Stafford and Goff, Matt Stafford is second in deep ball. Jared Goff is 31st. This year in passes 20 yards downfield, Stafford 13 touchdowns, six picks. Jared Goff four touchdowns, six picks. This is all about opening up that that offense, and that's what Sean McVay wants to do. He's got the defense taken care of. He's got Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Now he gets somebody that could really fit his strengths. What do you think? Did they win or did the Lions win? Or what, what are your overall thoughts? You know, at first, I well, don't get me wrong. I think who uh, – it's so hard to answer, Mike, because I don't think it's as lopsided as what most people think. I think everybody's looking at, you know, the Rams as surefire winners. But here's the deal. If you're an incoming head coach in an organization that's known nothing but failure, you've got a 32-year-old quarterback, you're getting two first rounds from him and you're getting Jared Goff back. That's Mike, that's a swap of first round talent. Number one overall picks literally swapped out. One's younger than the other. I don't hate this for the Lions. I really don't. I don't hate this for the Lions, but we're talking about the immediate and we're and with the NFL, it's always about results now. So yes, I agree with you in, in the short term, the Rams win this deal. Here's the deal, Mike. I don't think the Rams are going to have a draft pick in the next 10 it, years. How they pulled this off is beyond me, but they did. Two first rounders to some change. I love this because if Matt Stafford, if Matthew Stafford even has his worst year, like he that he had with the Lions for the Rams this next year, yeah, man, I think I mean they're they're a deep playoff team. They're 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 
for all intents and purposes. Let going me to weigh the Super in Bowl. here too. Let me weigh in a little I, bit too. You're talking about the Detroit Lions, and I, I like this move. I've, I've been saying since before last year that they should have moved off of Matthew Stafford. Uh, the ceiling it was already reached with this franchise, and it's a win-win for both the franchise and Stafford. And when you look about Detroit, you get two first rounders. You also get a quarterback, and and Jared Goff is I'm up and I'm down on him, almost like everybody in the league. But the reality is, this man went to a Super Bowl. He has beat Drew Brees in New Orleans, pretty big accomplishment, wouldn't you agree? He's went to totally. Seattle can't, and can't beat Russell go. Wilson in Seattle. So yep. this guy's not just like a scrub or like an Andy Dalton type quarterback. He still has some flashes of potential. And let me tell you, if your head coach does not believe in you as a quarterback. You will not be successful. That's got to be a magical chemistry, belief 110% in each other. And it was very apparent this year that they lost faith in each other. It's wild, Mike, because he got that contract from Sean McVay. Yeah. <laughs> so that and, and it's it shows in such a short time frame. I mean, it was like two years ago they signed him to to that big deal. Mike, I look at this as a great way. So that's the thing. It's like who won? I think they both won. I don't think there's a loser here because the Lions. At the very least, they get a very good Band-Aid in Jared Goff, right? I mean, Jared Goff, that means that the Lions have three first-rounders in this draft, right? No, I'm sorry. Two first-rounders in this draft and two first-rounders in 2022. Mike, if they use Jared Goff even just this year to get them through, they can have their quarterback a choice in 2022 as well. They can pick two very, very good players in the first round, maybe trade back once or twice, really stock up. So Detroit, for the brand-new head coach, they're in a good spot, man. I, I like this trade, and I think it was time for Matthew Stafford to go. At the same time, um, the Rams are built to win now, so I love it for them in the, in the immediate. Um, let me ask you this, Mike, tricky question. Who, who fares better next year? Is this a no-brainer? Do, do, do the Rams come in and obviously you know make a huge run and, and do better than Detroit, or is there an outside chance that Jared Goff looks at himself in the mirror and says, nah, forget that. You're a number one overall pick. Goes in there and plays ball and takes the Detroit to the playoffs. Is there a chance that Detroit makes the playoffs this next year? Could you imagine the irony for Matthew Stafford looking over there and saying, oh, my God, Detroit's in the playoffs? Well, if it does, it just cements the man's legacy. And I don't know if anybody is underneath enough pressure during this trade compared to Matthew Stafford. For years, you and Jake and Doug have made excuse after excuse for this guy that, you know, he's the next coming of John Elway. Well, look. He's got his opportunity right now. He's got a defense, top three in the league. He's got Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. I mean, this guy's got weapons all around. And don't forget about that Cam Akers out of the backfield. Yeah, he came to light <sighs> this year. Yep. So the pressure's on Stafford. But no, he's not looking over to Detroit. I mean, as long as Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, you know he's getting in. And I think Detroit really need these picks because they have a talent deficit. Um, you know, Matt Patricia, what he did that franchise is short of Bill O'Brien, brought a bunch of old veteran New England players that maybe worked out, maybe didn't work out. Um, got some good pieces here and there. But you're right. You're, you're 100% right when you say Jared Goff. Like, he's got a chance to prove it. But if he doesn't, it's not a lot of loss for Detroit. They're pretty much just eating the cap that they had anyways invested in Stafford. Uh, let me ask you a question yeah, about this, Kev. That's right. That's right. Yep, go ahead. Matthew Stafford said he would go to 31 football teams in NFL, but the report Great. is he says, yeah. I do not want to go to New England. What do you make of that? Honestly, okay. At first, immediately I jumped to Matt Patricia, 
right? Back in house. I, I don't know what the relationship was like with Matthew, Matthew Stafford, though. I didn't hear a ton of like, you know, Matthew Stafford and Matt Patricia had this bad blood. Like I never heard anything about that, but I immediately thought, nah, he's probably looking there and saying, yeah, I'm not going back to the same old thing. The other thing I'm thinking, Mike, is look, if Matthew Stafford were to go and win a Super Bowl with New England, go over there and, and do well, for the rest of their his career, people are going to say, yeah, he was nothing without Belichick. True. I don't know that he wants that either. You know what I mean? I feel like it's like there are other places to win. And New England, look, make no mistake, it's going to be a minute for that. I, I personally don't believe that they're going to go win another five Super Bowls in the next 10 years, six Super Bowls in the next 10 years. Tom Brady is the man. He is that guy. He walked out. He, he Patriots lost a lot. I, uh, I think I heard a news report today. Danny Amendola said that Tom Brady is the New England way. When he left, the New England way left with him. Um, though he hasn't been in that locker room for a long time either, so it's neither here nor there. But I believe a lot in that in that statement. I do believe that Tom Brady is genuinely unique. And I don't think we'll see anything like that. Maybe maybe Pat Mahomes, but certainly not going to happen for the Patriots. It's a once in a lifetime quarterback. Um, either way, Mike, it, it's it's interesting. I what what do you make of it? Why do you think Matthew Stafford eliminated the Patriots? Uh, when it first happened to me, I had the opposite reaction. Like you don't want to go to this winning culture with a quarter with a coach. You know, Bill Belichick. You say what you want, but it doesn't matter who he has playing defense. He's going to put a top ten unit out there. Um, I think it says more about Bill Belichick's inability to get skill position players. I mean, their wide receivers are horrific. Got a running back that that, that starts from that wasn't even supposed to start. Um, Gronk's been gone. The, the, the skill position is that bad. He probably had to look at someone like a Tom Brady or a different situation and say, I got to go somewhere where I got some fun players to play with. I'm 33 years old, and I've been stuck in a freaking black abyss of Detroit. I want some game changers, and he's going to get that in Los Angeles. And there might be something what you said about as far as like if he wins, it's kind of a no-win situation because he doesn't get the credit. Uh, it all comes back to the mastermind. But I think it just shows, you know, New England's also rubbed people the wrong way. You know, when they were there yeah. for 20 years, they dominated the league. And you're talking about a team that sometimes would run up the score or maybe not shake hands or, you know, you got Bill Belichick's. And I, I hate to bring it up, but you got Spygate, oh, you got Deflategate. A lot of teams are still perturbed by that. Not sure if Stafford holds a grudge. I don't know what it's about. It just was very interesting because I feel there's worse teams I could go play quarterback for than New England. There are definitely worse teams you can play for than New England. But there are no teams in the league that you can play for besides New England and have almost a short ticket to success. So maybe, again, maybe that's Matthew thinking, you know, I kind of want, I've got five years left. Let me see if I can go do something for myself and, uh, and make a name for myself. You know, again, he'll go down as one of the best quarterbacks to ever play in Detroit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? He, he, he already, he already has that, but maybe he wants to go out there and win a Super Bowl and doesn't want to do it with Bill Belichick hanging over him. So I, that's the only thing I can think of. Mike, anything else to comment about this trade? A- anything else in your mind? Again, let me re- reiterate the question or, or re-ask the question rather. Do you think there's any chance the Lions outplay the Rams this next year? I do not. And when I think about the Rams right now, I love what they're doing as a fan. If I was a Los Angeles Rams fan, they're all in to win. They're trying to capitalize with some of future Hall of Famers, whether it's Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. They're trying to win now. And when you have a Sean McVay as your coach, give him a quarterback. They delivered. 
interesting to see how not having these first round picks will affect their depth and their future franchise. But right now they're kind of going the NBA right way of we don't care about picks. We want players. All right. So let me ask you this bonus question. If this flops, if the if the Rams throw in, a, let's say they turn in a six and 10 season. Sean McVay on the hot seat. That's a crazy question. But Mike, think about this. He has mortgaged their future for Matthew Stafford. This is as when that talk about pressure, Matthew. Yeah, Matthew's got pressure. Talk about Sean McVay. Yeah, dude just gave away two first round picks. Just traded away Jared Goff, who they spent a the number one overall pick on. Um, this is a big risk. He has to win. Has to win. All right, let's move on, Mike. I want to talk about Deshaun Watson. Deshaun's threatening to sit out. Apparently has made absolutely zero headway with the front office or the new head coach about staying around. So talk to me, Mike. What's what's going to happen? Will this happen? When is this going to happen? What's the asking price? Where's he going? I don't know. Speak your mind on it. Well, Kev, first I want to point out that, yeah, Deshaun Watson has demanded a trade. He's also unfollowed all of Houston and has listed himself as an athlete on Twitter. So there's a lot of mind games going on right now. What I see the Houston Texans as, they've got to sell, man. I feel like you're in a poker game. You were trying to, you know, kind of call somebody's bluff and you didn't have anything in your deck. And the longer you wait to do this, the more and more chips you're going to lose. You got to sell him now because the more toxic this becomes, you've got more players in the league that aren't going to come to that franchise. You've got other teams going to withdraw their picks and you're going to end up getting less than what you would right now. If I'm knowing what I know about Deshaun Watson, he's got it set in his mind and you didn't exactly win him over with your head coach and hire either. Not a lot in that cupboard. I'm trying to get draft picks. I'm trying to get a couple players and I'm making it happen right now. The Texans are staying like, you know, they're, they're holding their ground. I think it's a mistake. Uh, how about you? How do you see this? this occurring or, or do you agree or disagree with what I'm saying right now? No, it's spot on. Look, Deshaun Watson's going to sit. If he's forced to play for the Texans, he's going to sit. I mean, they can't, and, and they can't afford that. Look at that point, they lose all leverage. Mike, you mentioned this earlier. They lose all leverage. If he sits this year and threatens to do it again next year. I mean, th- that's insane. They have to move him. And at that point, I mean, you've got teams that are calling up talking about, hey, look, man, at this point, this isn't a bid. This is like, we'll give you this form and that's it. Otherwise, have fun watching him ride the bench again for another year. I, they have to move him. And do- right now, I feel like the market is still generous for him because there's teams that are going to bid against each other. See, that's the beauty of Deshaun Watson. It doesn't matter how crappy the Texans are right now. They are going to get a historic haul if they move and do this now. The longer they wait, the worse it's going to be for them. I, th- that's my thought and, about and it. And I see the NFL, too. There's more hits coming out of college than there ever has been. You might also be able to get a veteran quarterback or a young developing quarterback like a Sam Darnold or a Tua or somebody like a Matt Ryan, somebody kind of replace where you don't have to go full tank mode. But you said it. They've got a lot of needs. You'll get some draft picks. You'll get some players. The time is now, Houston. Let this guy go. Mike, they get... Mike, they trade him right now. They get back into the first round this year. They get into the quarterback sweep sweepstakes this year. You've got five quarterbacks. Five quarterbacks right now. They're going to be first rounders. Five. You got the Jets. You, know, you got get, the Dolphins' if, if, top if, five picks. 
I, well, and and look, I, I'm saying they can realistically get up into the top five. But even if they got into the top fifteen and traded for future first round picks and whatever, I mean, they're still going to be able to get in the quarterback sweepstakes, and they fix their salary cap at the same time. Yeah, they <laughs> they got a rookie contract coming in, so it's like do it now. I don't understand the hesitation. There's no amount of words that's going to get Deshaun to be putting on a, a jersey again for the Houston Texans. And my to my understanding, J.J. Watt has become vocal about wanting out as well. Yeah. You got you got to roll with the times. It's it's over there. Trade high. Got to build something. Okay. Yeah. Either way. All right, Mike. There are rumors, and I uh, this is funny. I almost feel foolish bringing this up because this is not something I want to spend a lot of airtime on. But rumor has it, Kurt Cousins can be on the move, and the suitor is your San Francisco 49ers, Man, we're looking at maybe a second, third for uh, Jimmy G. I, I mean, who knows, Mike? Th- this to me looks like a move that. I don't know, man. It looks like a. It, it looks like it's just a skip across the lake. It doesn't look like they're doing anything different. Bring in Kirk Cousins for Jimmy G. It's the same player. It really is. I I was confused. Why, why would they even? Why would they even want to do? Do they just feel that Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo? Mike, maybe it's the fact that they don't think Jimmy can stay healthy. If they felt like Jimmy can stay healthy, maybe they'd stand put. I don't know. But but Kirk Cousins, it's like that's that's such a it's like a parallel move, man. It's it's. It's the same thing. Yeah, I, I don't understand the pick. I don't understand why you'd want to make this trade. Um, Kirk Cousins is anything but impressive. And I, it just really shows how bad the Jimmy G in a Shanahan relationship has gotten, um, that you're talking about trading Jimmy G for Kirk Cousins. I mean, all by all means, Jimmy G has a better winning record. He has better statistics. Yeah. He's three years younger. Um, you know, it just shows, and you, you talk about he's the, less expensive, yeah. Mike. He's not the highest paid quarterback in the league. Kirk Cousins, like, I mean, the last three years, nobody's been paid more than Kirk Cousins. And what's that going to do with all those players? That young talent you have, it doesn't make sense. And I, they must be just feeling themselves after not getting Stafford or feeling sorry for themselves. But I promise you, if I was San Francisco, I'd be trying to get one of those quarterbacks in the first round. I think there's five quarterbacks projected to go there over Kirk Cousins. You know what this guy is. He's been on a loaded roster with the Vikings two, three years. Look, and they didn't get it done. Look, hell no. Look, forget about Look, don't get me wrong. They could go to the draft. That's fine. But that's if they want to rebuild. Keep in mind, two years ago, they were in the Super Bowl, Mike. Yeah. This is not a this is not a rebuild first first round quarterback type of team right now. Forget all that. Go with Matt Ryan. Put that second and third up. Get Jimmy G out of town and get Matt Ryan's five thousand plus yards in there next year uh, under under Mike Shanahan. What are they waiting on? Matt, look, you laugh at this. Get Matt Ryan in there and watch these dudes in the Super Bowl next year. I, I would much rather have Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins or Jimmy G right now. Hundred hundred percent. You get them for the same price. Yep, and when you get him for the same price, Mike. That run game Matt. would just complement Matt Ryan like it used to. My concern about Matt Ryan is can he get the ball downfield when he needs to, and would he, where would you put him as far as quarterbacks? He'd be in a division with Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Matthew Stafford. Is that good enough, Mike? They were just there with Jimmy G. Yeah, absolutely, it's good enough, Mike. Three quarterbacks had more passer more passing yards than Matt Ryan this year. Deshaun Watson's one of them, and the other two are playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right? And I'm going to tell you right now, Julio Jones, throughout his entirety of his career, he's been a huge yard gainer. Terrible. In the, and he can't, he can't score, can't score touchdowns. <laughs> I know because I have him every year in fantasy, and he doesn't do anything for Isn't me. Isn't that one of the most crazy? 
most frustrating things you could possibly have on. It, I've had them too. I just, I just don't get it. This big, strong way, wide receiver <laughs> with elite hands and speed can never get more than three touchdowns. That's all I'm saying. Can't get the end zone. I don't get it, man. But either way, that's uh, here's the deal, man. Matt Ryan is he's still available, Mike. He's still available. Get him on the San Francisco 49ers. Enough of this uh, Kirk Cousins talk. Okay, let's change gears. Anything new in your mind on the Aaron Rodgers front? The more I hear, the more I feel like this is kind of a sleepy story here that uh, Aaron Rodgers out of nowhere could uh, could potentially be traded. Mike, could you imagine Bill Belichick getting Aaron Rodgers and putting him in a Patriots uniform? It would be it would be everything right. It would be the way to get back to Tom Brady. And so I did up winning this divorce. But I'll just say uh, there is a lot of reports out there that the Rams have inquired and other teams have inquired with Green Bay. And at this moment, there's zero interest, surprise to nobody, that the Packers want to trade this uh, stud quarterback away. Would you be tempted, Kev, like, if you were the general manager right now, you've seen where you ended up at the NFC Championship, what are you going to do? Yes, Mike, it takes one person in that building to be smart and spark an idea that everybody will catch fire with. Listen, he's been there now for 12 years. He's won one Super Bowl. This playoff outing we just seen, Mike, we've seen it before. It's on repeat. It's Groundhog's Day in Green Bay. It's the same thing we've been watching for over a decade now. Aaron Rodgers has one Super Bowl. Mike, you could get the biggest... We're talking about Sean Watson getting a historic draft ball. Aaron Rodgers would be bigger. You think so? It would. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Through 48 touchdowns this last year. 48. It would be bigger. And I'm going to tell you right now, you've got Jordan Love. That's a first-round quarterback sitting on your bench. If you could get three first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers, fix your salary cap at the same time, and, and, and move on from what's been almost a bad dream since they won, what, eight, nine years ago? It's, it's, it's been nothing but absolute mediocrity. They get, they get in the playoffs every year, and they get bounced yep. every year. It's the same story. Why will next year be different? Get absolutely. It takes one person in there to say, all right, guys, let's have some forward thinking here. Let's project a little bit of the future and think about what an additional three first round draft picks would do. Not to mention we get a 36, 37 year old quarterback off our books who, by the way, knocked on my door yesterday asking for a raise. And that hell yeah, it takes one smart person in the building to move this thing. I I'm not opposed either. If you have a first round quarterback sitting there that you thought deserved to be drafted and he's going to be the heir, it's time to do it. I don't think the Packers will ever get back to the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. I've seen him fold too many games, too many big moments, and you have a resource that can get you multiple picks, multiple players. And you're in a division right now that even with the young quarterback, you still might be able to win. And you you start another 10, 15 years of another dynasty. I mean, you're Mike, you're 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 spot on, but think about this. What would you rather, if you're the GM or a head coach, would you rather a guy that's willing to carry the pads of his uh, of his fellow players, that's willing to earn every single last p- bit of playing time that he has, a guy that's willing to create camaraderie with every single person in there and and willing to earn the respect of his peers, or would you rather a guy who doesn't move without a raise? who's constantly moody, you never know if he's happy or sad, you don't know what guy you're getting, 
If you're winning, he's happy. If he's sad, he's pointing fingers everywhere else but himself. At the same time, you get rid of that guy, you get an additional three round, uh, three three first round draft picks, and your future is set. I mean, come on. Again, I, I in my opinion, don't get me wrong. I loved seeing Aaron Rodgers do what he did this last year, but it's been a bad dream. This year it was theirs for the taking. They have an aging Tom Brady on the other side of them, and they get bounced. Uh, aging Tom Brady know. that throws three interceptions. And you know yep. what else, Kev? Ding. Ding, ding. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have America's favorite game. We put Kevin on the stump. We're going to ask him yes, several questions, is. zero preparation, and we're going to see what our boy can do on the other side. Are you ready? Excelente. Yes, always, as always, as always. Thank you, Mike. Hit me with it. All right. Next year, less likely to start quarterback for their team. Derek Carr. Or Matt Ryan? Ooh, that is a great question. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan for two reasons. One, I think Derek Carr is a very serviceable quarterback. If you go back and check out his stats, you hear me harp on it all the time. Anywhere around the 25 touchdown and uh, 10 or less interceptions, 12 or less interceptions, you got a serviceable quarterback get you the, get you the Super Bowl. So I think they have that going for him. The other reason is this. The Atlanta Falcons are in salary cap hell. If I'm not mistaken, right now they're 22 million over. So the fact is, dude, they got a very, very poor ball club that's not winning any games, and their quarterbacks paid heavy. My opinion, and and you heard me make the argument before, you get to get Matthew Stafford over to San Francisco or somewhere. I'm sorry, Matthew uh, Matt Ryan over to San Francisco or somewhere. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that Matt Ryan's on the move. In my mind, they're going to trade and get everything they can for Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, a couple of these other high paid prospects. I think Alex Mack. Is a 12, 13 year veteran getting paid 10.6 million, something like that on the offensive line. They're going to move on from him. Um, in my opinion, yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta is going to be the one with the new quarterback next year. Fair enough. I mean, good assessment. Can't argue that. Also, just wonder about Derek Carr's and uh, John Gruden's relationship, but you're right. He's a good quarterback. Next one for you. Yeah. Better free agent to sign at wide receiver, Allen Robinson. Or Juju Smith-Schuster? Allen Robinson, without any hesitation at all. <laughs> Who's a better... Who is a better... Look, who is a better receiver right now in the league? Who's more flashy? I would go ahead and say Juju Smith-Schuster just based off of health. But let me tell you something. When Robinson is healthy, dude is gnarly, has a potential of being a top 10 wide out in the league, and he's no drama. I don't see that dude on Facebook and Instagram all the time. I don't see him dancing on people's... Uh, people's logos. I don't see him making an ass of himself in front of national television. I don't see him doing any of that. I see him being quiet. And for a wide receiver, that's something to talk about. Absolutely take Robinson all day. What do, what, what about you? Yeah, I, I got to go with you too. I, I like Allen Robinson and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, maybe he gets more TikTok likes. I guess that's what the kids do these days. But his focus was down this year. And on that Pittsburgh Steelers team, I got two other receivers I want over him. All day. I heard that. Or, I heard that. Yeah, I'm going with Allen all day. All right, Kev, your dream comes true. The Cleveland Browns lets you make a free agent move, and they pull you in the <laughs> office, and they go, we could pick up one of these players to compliment Miles Garrett. Do you want to pick up a oh, J.J. I Watt? I love, I love this already. Okay, J.J. Watt, who or else? Or Vaughn Miller, who you got? Oh, man, that's so hard because I, I think about what J.J. Watt can do in a locker room, just his presence in a locker room. 
But Vaughn's got more in the tank, in my opinion. And, and for that reason, I, always, I already feel like we've got some pretty good leaders in Cleveland. I feel like Miles Garrett's a good leader. I feel like some other people are good leaders. I don't know that we necessarily need another team captain. We need more athletes. We need more production. I'm taking Vaughn Miller. Von Miller on that. Yeah, that's that's 100% right. Von Miller across from Miles Garrett would just be like when DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller play together. You have the young yeah. stud and you have the veteran that you can yep. never singly block. Uh Von Miller's going to have a big season next year. That's my prediction. Yeah, that yeah, absolutely. They'll be de- that that would be devastating. Um I I would love that, man. Not going to happen, but I would love it. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Uh next question for you. When the next 5 years of NFL football who has a better shot to win a playoff game, the Cincinnati Bengals or the Jacksonville Jaguars? What was the first team, the Jacksonville Jaguars and who? The Cincinnati Bengals in the next five years, who has a better shot of winning a playoff game? Oh, dude, I'm going to tell you right now, man, it's going to be the Bengals for sure. Two reasons. One, they got Joe Burrow. You know how I feel about Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow gets back in there. He's going to make everybody better. And number two, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals didn't make the worst head coach hire in history in getting Urban Meyer in there. So uh, they, they, they definitely they definitely have that going for them. Jacksonville is going to watch that thing burn for the next five years before Urban gets out of Dodge. Um, so, yeah, Cincinnati all day. That's crazy, too, because they're in such a competitive division. But uh, I'm telling you, Mike, I'm not big on that Urban Meyer hire. Not at all. Yeah, I, I'm 110 percent the other way. I think I know you. Are. I think Cleveland, Baltimore got some bright futures. Pittsburgh's always been consistent, and I know what I know about the Cincinnati Bengals, and they're just a disaster waiting to happen. Last question for you: We talk about <laughs> QB carousel. We talk about teams that need that player to fill their role. Might not happen for these two teams. So, who should make a run at Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Colts, or the Chicago Bears? Ah, uh, I'm all right. Assuming that no other quarterbacks are available. Yep. And and, and, and that's and that's where we are. That's where the Colts. we are. Yeah, the Colts. Um, because they're they're Colts are in a better position to win. Colts and in my opinion, if Ryan Fitzpatrick is healthy for sixteen games, seventeen next year, um, I think he gets you equal, if not a little bit better production than Phillip Rivers, which puts you back in the playoffs. Chicago, they got into the playoffs by just by default, by playing in a weak division. I think they were what they were an eight eight team. Got into the playoffs. Yeah, I would love to see him with Pittman and Jonathan Taylor with that young offensive line. Knowing that he's a defense, just like he did in Miami, the gunslinger do a great job for the Colts. It's a winnable division too. Uh, he's not going to be looking up at Mister Aaron Rodgers and company. Right, right. That's that's a good point. But again, I I feel like Mike and you 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 did definitely watch him more than I did this last year, but. I'm not. I, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick, but dude, he's he's got to be 39, right? <laughs> I think he's 38. He'll be 39 next year. So yeah. So that's. I mean, again, I, I'm I'm hoping for better for the Colts. I'm hoping that they can do something better. You know what would be interesting? Bring in Carson Wentz and Ryan Fitzpatrick and let these guys duel it out. Maybe push Carson Wentz a little bit. That could that could be interesting. Um, and maybe Jacoby Brissett's gotten better, but they obviously missed out on the Stafford uh, contest. So you know they're not getting to Sean Watson. There's not a chance the Texans are training him within division and having to see him and for the next 12, 15 years and have their fans down their ears. So their their options will yeah. be they're, – they're getting limited. Yep. Good point. Good point. All right. Yeah, that would be my take. What else you got, Mike? You know, you got through your five. You did a really good job as always. Next time, I'll have some better questions.
Uh, no, no, no. Those are great questions. I was just hoping there was a bonus one in there. Sometimes I get lost and sidetracked. I didn't realize we got through the five already. I was hoping for 10 today. Mike, <laughs> here's the deal. You'd mentioned QB Carousel. Um, and first of all, thanks for putting that game together. That's always fun for me, and I enjoy that. All right. You mentioned QB Carousel, Mike. That's what I want to talk about next. And, and look, let's just off the top of our heads talk about some quarterbacks that come to mind that you feel are going to be on the move and why. And, and, and obviously, we've started to see you know, the cards kind of start to fall. Matthew Stafford is out. It Everything looks as if Deshaun Watson is out. I want to go ahead and I'll, I'll talk to you about a couple other players that I think could potentially be on the move. And uh, you can just go ahead very, very quickly and tell me yes or no, and maybe a brief explanation as to why. So you hit on it earlier, and I'm anxious to see if you have anything up your sleeve. Does Derek Carr start for the Raiders this next year? I do not think he does. I think John Gruden's going to want to get his own guy in there, and he loves the draft. So I think he keeps Marcus Mariota, and I think he's going to bring in a first-round draft pick and really start to build his own uh, his own little mini dynasty. Well, that's right or wrong. That's just my that's my gut feeling. Okay, I like that. I um I I like that that reasoning. Marcus Mariota seemed to not, and they didn't really miss a beat when he came in for Derek Carr when he got injured. Uh, you know, later on in the season. Um, and if they brought in a first round guy, maybe maybe there's something there. Here's the deal, though, Mike. They got to do something. John Gruden's halfway through that ten year contract. Man, they haven't won squat. I don't know if right now is the time for a rebuild. That's one of the other reasons I was thinking about Derek Carr staying there and being the starters because can they handle a rebuild? I don't know. We'll see. Seems like they've been re- rebuilding for five years. Right now they're <laughs> going to come out with a rebuild, rebuild plan. <laughs> All right. Let me uh, let me ask you this, Mike. It seems to me that Carolina Panthers could be in the quarterback sweepstakes in the draft this year. I could see them moving on with a brand new quarterback, Matt Rule and company, very, very young in their tenure with the Panthers. Do you think Teddy Bridgewater starts for the Panthers next year. I do think he starts, but I don't think he finishes. I think he'll kind of be like the Ryan Fitzpatrick, get about six games under his belt, and he'll be yanked because he'll have a young quarterback developing behind him, and he won't be ready to go by week one. And he's an excellent, excellent player to learn from, a lot of experience under his belt, and uh, he won't mind doing it either. I think that is the exact plan there. I think you're spot on with that. And look, if Teddy Bridgewater, if he comes in and crushes next year, then there's no reason to take him out. But um, I think that's exactly right. Um, And I don't think that he's that kind of trade piece that you can really dangle at this point where people are going to, you know, kind of fall all over themselves from there's Mike, this is crazy. There's too much quarterback talent. No joke. Like I'm thinking about as some of these guys move on, it's like, so what do they, do they move on to a backup? Like it's like Derek Carr. Okay. Does a team like the Colts trade for Derek Carr? Maybe, but nothing more than a second or third round pick. Right. And the Panthers were in the Stafford sweepstakes. And uh, for some reason, they didn't want the number eight pick in Detroit. So uh, very interesting. 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 Okay, I have another one for you. And I think I know the answer to this. Drew Locke. Out, right? (laughs) He has to be out. Um, He had so many good weapons this year. He's got John Elway, who continuously misses on the quarterback position, minus one Peyton Manning, who should have been a no brainer. But. He just isn't it. Um, I, I've, I've been right about some players. I've been wrong about some players. I thought he was going to be set to explode this season. Well, he exploded all right in all kinds of turnovers and lackluster games. He's gone. Right. So I agree with you all day. I, I keep coming back to Derek Carr. Mike, Drew Locke threw for 16 touchdowns to 15 interceptions, uh, 2,900 <laughs> 29, yards. 
You got Derek Carr threw for 4,100 yards, 27 touchdowns to nine interceptions. You switch them up right now. You put Derek Carr on the Broncos with those weapons. I mean, come on. That's a trade worth talking about. So, I mean, as I'm looking at some of these teams, it's like, yeah, Derek Carr got a place in this league for sure right now. Drew Locke, not so much, man. Welcome to the journeyman backup team. Um, <laughs> he, 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 he's out, in my opinion. Mike, any chance the Patriots hang on to Cam Newton for another year? As a starter, mind you. Absolutely not. Cam Newton's out of there quick. It was a fun experiment, but the reality is you've got wide receivers that can't play and you've got a quarterback that just can't get it done. Um, Cam Newton is broken. I blame the Panthers. He should still have another five, six years of greatness, but he never learned how to throw the ball accurate and he's got too many hits on his body. Can't see him playing for New England. I can't see him starting for anybody. If I were him, I'm trying to get behind Josh Allen as a backup quarterback. Yep. I'm trying to get somewhere where I match the quarterback skills um, and I'm available for an injury late in the season. That's where I'm at if I'm Cam Newton. Mike, 2,600 yards, eight touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Absolutely not NFL starting caliber quarterback play. Mike, I want to talk about Carson Wentz. Doug Peterson out for the Eagles as head coach. They choose $100 million man Carson Wentz, who had, statistically speaking, the worst season of all qualified quarterbacks, all 32 starting quarterbacks, worst season. Um, 2,600 yards, 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, terrible passer rating, whole nine, 72.8% passer rating. Um, Absolutely terrible season. Why? Is he still a Philadelphia Eagle? Why is Doug Peterson no longer the head coach? And do we see Carson Wentz continue forward for the entirety of this next season? Or does Jalen Hurts get back in? Or do they look elsewhere for a quarterback? Are they trying to trade Carson Wentz? What's happening there? Let me point this out too. Doug Peterson's gone, won a Super Bowl within the last four or five years. Jared Goff is gone, quarterbacked in a Super Bowl the last four or five years. Jimmy G's on his way out, quarterback. This is a different league. That's true. It, That's it's just, right. It's baffling that we're talking about Carson Wentz might be gone or it might not be starting because we're a few years away from his crazy MVP year. But this man is staying. The Eagles franchise had a choice between a young head coach in their franchise quarterback and they brought Nick Serrani, who is probably the most lackluster hire. You know, this wasn't very impressive on what the Eagles did. I think he stays for another three years, and we'll see how it works out. If you would have asked me this before the coach hire, I would have said Wentz is probably gone, but I think they brought this guy in because he's a yes man, and I think he's going to do everything the GM and owner tell him to do. Well, we will see. We will see. All what right, do you Mike, think? Is he gone? I, the, 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 the hit against the cap is crazy. You already got rid of the head coach. He's there for another year, in my opinion. I don't like it, but he's there for another year, in my opinion. Let me tell you something. Don't be surprised, though, if he gets injured. Jalen Hurts is back in. They're right back in this cycle again of, of this quarterback controversy. Philadelphia Philadelphia in 2021, they they lose a year. Yeah, it's, yes. it's, it's, it's a lost year. Maybe lost years because I don't know their direction, where they're going. They don't really have – they got some old veterans that are expensive, some young players that really haven't panned out the way they're supposed to do. Looks like the Washington football team's legit. The Giants are making some moves. And eventually, sometime for our boy, the Cowboy, Dallas will get it right. We'll see. 
We will see. <laughs> Speaking of which, Mike, want to talk about Dak Prescott. Rumor has it the Cowboys are going to franchise him for a second year and let this thing play out all over again. Smart move. I, I, look, I think it's the stupidest thing in the world. They should have signed him back in the day. They should have signed him to that $37 million a year so they could have put this thing to bed. I know you don't feel that same way, but what's up? Is Dak, is Dak starting in Dallas this next year? Dak is starting in Dallas, and it's the worst move you could possibly do for this franchise. Uh, so, so, so do they sign him long-term or do they franchise tag him? They're going to franchise tag him, and they're going to eat a bunch of cap for this year. And at the end of the day, you talk about cap hell. This team is probably one of the worst in the league, if not the worst. They've got about 10 to 11 players that make $10 million or more on their cap. I don't know what they plan on doing there. A lot of overpriced players that aren't performing. But, yeah, Dak's back on a franchise. I, I want to I resign this guy. I want to bring him back. I look at some, for some other options at this point. I heard that. I heard that, Mike. I'm with that all day. Okay, I got a couple real quick squeakers here. One, Daniel Jones. Talk to me about this guy. Is there a potential that the uh, Giants are looking at a quarterback in the first round? Look, they took one two years ago. They are still in rebuild mode. And uh, Joe Judge is not tied to Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones was abysmal this year. So, um, is he on the move? Maybe Absolutely. not even on the move. Is he just a, is he just a backup? I, I don't know. Talk to me about it. Yeah, I would say his job is certainly not secure. You know, 11 touchdowns and 10 interceptions in today's NFL, 14 games played. I can't do it. I'm go, I'm looking for somebody else better, whether it's a veteran like Derek Carr or a Matt Ryan, or I'm going to draft somebody. But at the end of the day, that will not get it done. And you talk about we're just talking about not for long NFL. You're going to lose your head coaching job if you tie yourself to Daniel Jones too long. Yeah, yeah, that's that's for sure. Um, can't do it. Stats are terrible. All right, Mac, uh, Mike. Last last one I want to talk about. This is outlandish. This is crazy. But I had this thought the other day. Is there any chance, any chance that Big Ben Roethlisberger suits up in a different uniform? Because I got my eye on the Colts. And I'm thinking, what if the Colts ponied up and said, okay, we'll take Big Ben Roethlisberger. We'll give one first round draft pick for Ben Roethlisberger to play for us for the next two years. Any chance that something like that happens and Big Ben Roethlisberger does not put on a Steelers uniform this next year if he's in the league? I think there's a chance. Absolutely. Um I don't know, though. Like, if you're Big Ben, I'm not sure if there's a better situation for you to go to. I think if I'm him, I'm trusting them to rebuild their offensive line. Got a top five defense. You've got some amazing playmakers most quarterbacks only dream about. I'm coming back for another one. But again, if I'm forced to and the GM sends me the, the Colts, I can see Big Ben trying one last hurrah. Oh, yeah. And Mike, make no mistake. I'm not suggesting that Big Ben would ever ask to get out of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. There is no way. I'm talking about this would be a front office move that came to him and said, hey, man, I'm sorry, we're done. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't Yeah, I don't see any situation where Ben's asking to get out. But it would be interesting to see the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I don't, dude, I feel like I don't even remember the Pittsburgh Steelers. What, Cordell Stewart? Tommy Maddox, I mean, who, who who was playing before Big Ben? It's like, it's like that was, that was baby, man. I can't even think about it. Um, all right, that's enough for the QB carousel, man. I just wanted to see and check up on a couple of these quarterbacks, see where they could potentially find new homes. Mike, very quickly, jumping into 2021, I want to pick your brain. I want one team off the top of your head that you look to see as an up-and-comer, a riser, somebody that potentially didn't make the playoffs this year, or maybe they got bounced in a wild card game. Who do you see as on the rise and why? One team right now for 2021. 
that didn't make the playoffs and have a chance to rise back and get in there? Sure. Or 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 look, maybe even one that made the playoffs that got bounced in the first round that you think can go all the way to the Super Bowl next year. Any team that you see as being able to ascend above their station in 2021. Yeah, I got one right away. And Who are you looking it, at? I'm looking at the Baltimore Ravens, uh, always having the best chance in AFC minus the Chiefs. They they can run the ball. They've got a top five defense. They've got a veteran co- coach that knows the game, knows the system. They went through a heck of a fight versus Buffalo. Maybe that matches in Baltimore. They get the win. Lamar Jackson gets better every single year. I think Baltimore will have a top five, top six chance to win the Super Bowl next year. Okay, I like that. I ain't gonna. I I, I I'm not upset with that. I uh, Baltimore, in my opinion, don't get me wrong. I, I feel like they're always on radar. I feel like they've always got that chance. That said, um, I'm not going to yeah, argue I that. I didn't, I didn't really reach there, did I? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's fine. Like I said, I, it doesn't bother me at all because they didn't. I mean, obviously, they got bounced. They were disappointed in the in the fact that they, um, you know, they didn't make a as long or, or as deep of a playoff run as what they would like to. They didn't get to show up, but. Um, you know, that said, they definitely got a chance next year, especially assuming if Lamar continues to get better and maybe they get another wide receiver or two on that, on that team. Um, because I, I'm not huge on, on Hollywood Brown, but nonetheless, yeah, they got a chance. Let me tell you mine, Mike. I, uh, yeah. I'm looking at the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I, I feel like at this point, th- th- they, they could be pretty prime. They've got a couple defensive prospects, players that were injured this last year. Um, a young defense that's coming of age, but I'm looking at Kyler Murray. I'm seeing that Kyler Murray threw for about 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, 12, uh, 12 interceptions. But Mike, he rushed for over 800 yards as well, had 11 touchdowns on the ground. Um, you, you go back 10 years, that's, that's a MVP caliber season. You know what I'm saying? Um, I look at Kyler Murray to take that next jump. I, uh, I like their team all the way around, Mike. You know, that, that acquisition of DeAndre Hopkins, I think that's going to continue to flourish. They're going to have a strong draft this next year, and we'll see what it looks like. But I, I like the Arizona Cardinals, especially, you know, I, I know that they're in a very, very tough division with Seattle and the Rams. And I know you're thinking, okay, you know, what are you thinking, Russell Wilson there and the, you know, now incoming Matthew Stafford. But look, Kyler Murray is that kind of special, Mike, and you've been harping on him all year about looking at, you know, just kind of the, the, passing the eye test of what kind of player he is. I like the Arizona Cardinals, and I like them even in a hard division. I think they're going to they're gonna make some leaps this next year. What are your thoughts on that? And, you know, who you didn't mention is they get Chandler Jones back. Uh, he's a top five well, pass rusher. And well, that's, that just right. changes everything. You know, your corners have to play one less second, you know, guarded man-to-man. Uh, you could do some more flexible packages when you have a guy like that that demands double blocked and still might end up having 15 sacks on the season. Real hard division. You bring up that point. But Kyler Murray, I'm not betting against a guy. The guy throws the ball so accurate. He got banged up this year. He'll be back 110%. And uh, just he's a playmaker. Yeah, he is. And, and you're right, Chandler Jones. I mentioned a couple other players on defense coming back. And, and keep in mind, Mike, a lot of people think about DeAndre Hopkins being you know, the acquisition this last offseason, thinking, oh, well, there's no way Arizona has a first-round pick. No, they only gave up a second and a fourth for DeAndre Hopkins. But keep in mind, there was no first-round trade. There was no there, 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 that, that, that was a second and a third was second and a fourth, second and a third, something like that. They got him so incredibly cheap, considering that Stefan Diggs, was traded to the Buffalo Bills from the Minnesota Vikings for a first and a third, right? Stole. So just just absolutely stole DeAndre Hopkins. So I, I, I like Arizona. I'm going to be interested to watch these guys play over the next year. 
All right, Mike. The time has come, brother. We got the Chiefs and the Bucks, man. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Like I'd mentioned before, old lion, young lion. This is the what. This is for all the marbles, baby. This is it. So, <laughs> Mike, who is this bigger for? You've got Patrick Mahomes, up and coming, already has a Super Bowl. Could come in here. You know, this is his second consecutive Super Bowl appearance. Could be, could, could be, should be third. Realistically, um, he's the guy for the next decade. Tom Brady, he's the man of our past twenty years. He's been the tenth. This will be his tenth Super Bowl. He's won six, going for a seventh. Whose legacy is bigger impacted winning this game? And this might surprise you. I'm going to pick, but if Tom Brady wins this Super Bowl. And we could talk about going from one team to the other, not having a preseason, all the different changes he made. But listen what he would have accomplished in this playoffs. He goes to Washington on the road, wins. Beats the Saints at home versus Drew Brees, wins. Goes to Lambeau, beats Aaron Rodgers at home, wins. Goes to the Super Bowl and beats the Phenom, Patrick Mahomes. This puts a huge, huge gap from Tom Brady and any other player that's ever played a position. This would be one of the most special journeys to the Super Bowl champs. Oh, Mike, that's so well said. And let me just piggyback. Takes over a 7-9 and nine football team. Comes in in his first year during a COVID season where he is not able to mingle with the, with the players and get to know you know, the, 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 the skill players and, and, and understand the playbook and run through routes and do everything that a quarterback's supposed to do with his players. Now, granted, the rest of the league was at that same, you know, had that same hindrance on them. But nonetheless, the man comes in at age 43 and takes a 7-9 and nine football team. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers legitimately the ultimate bottom dwellers and puts them in the Super Bowl at home. This is that, that's the other crazy part is that the Super Bowl is being played in Tampa. Never happened before. Tom Brady, age 43. I agree. Mike, here's the thing. If Patrick Mahomes goes and wins six Super Bowls and ties Tom Brady or seven Super Bowls, if they if Tom wins this one and he and Patrick ends up tying him and, and gets seven, there's a legitimate I'm not that guy that's gonna say, oh no, he'll never surpass Tom Brady. It's just never ever gonna happen. Like I'm not that guy. It might happen. But let me just tell you, you took a guy that's already on top of a mountain took that mountain and put it on top of another mountain if he wins this Super Bowl. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you extend that so much further just given the circumstances. Um, so yeah, it's Tom Brady's, man. It's Tom Brady to win. It's it's his to enhance. Okay. Let me Can't ask you this. It. Yeah, Can't let me ask you this. It. Let me ask you this, Mike. Things that I that, that we should be watching for in Tampa. So if they're going to win this game, because again, we're, we're talking about the Chiefs, one of the most incredible offenses we have ever seen historically. A tight end that's uncoverable, a wide receiver that's uncoverable, a rookie running back that's got 1,100 plus yards, healthy, returning for this game. And Patrick Mahomes, literally a generational player. Not to mention their defense isn't shabby. And Andy Reid, though he is an old head coach, is one of the most innovative minds that the game has ever seen. So if the Bucks are going to win, they have to hit on all cylinders. Mike, how can they win this game? Well, I think a big part starts with the left and right tackles. The Chiefs are both injured and out. That's a huge loss 
for the the Chiefs in this ball game. You know, that's Patrick Mahomes' safety blanket. And as mobile as he is, and as great as he is, nobody likes to get hit by you know and you know hit all day by defensive linemen, linebackers. And you're talking about Shaquille Barrett, the sack leader of last year, and JPP that can get there. And don't forget about that Sue guy. He's pretty good with Timer Two himself. So that's number one. Number two, I'm looking at Devin White. This this linebacker's taking one of the biggest jumps that I've ever seen in NFL history. If he could shut down and kind of contain Kelsey, which is a huge task to take, but this guy is just as explosive. He's physical. He's strong. That's going to be the matchup right there between him and Anton Winfield. If he could go trying to slow down Kelsey, that's the way the Bucks could win the Super Bowl. Try, try to slow him down is right, Mike. Stop him. It's not happening. Not this year. <laughs> not right now. Not the way he plays. And you're right. Devin White, he, he has come about. He is a man among men. But I am telling you, man, Kelsey's different. I also look at Tyreek Hill as well. Slow him down. That that's that's your best hope. Slow him down. Keep in mind when these teams met earlier in the season. I want to say that that Tyreek Hill had like 200 yards in the first half. Yeah, so. you you don't want this game to get into a shootout. And we're talking about Tom Brady for 43 years old. I mean, he's playing the game great. But let's not forget he had three interceptions last week. Yeah, he did. You yeah, can, he did. You you can't expect Patrick Mahomes to be held to three points off three interceptions like Aaron Rodgers did. You just cannot make those type of mistakes. So it's going to come down to that and wide receivers catching the ball. Uh, one thing that's been apparent about the Bucks in the playoffs, there's been some drops, some wide open looks, and maybe that's they're not, they're not used to Tom Brady's cannon of an arm. Maybe they're not used to the big moments. But you've got to connect on third downs and second downs and keep Mahomes on the sideline. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Mike, what's what's Tampa Bay's weakness? Break it down for me right now. Where 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 can they be exposed? They're both their safeties are questionable for this game. Uh, they had a hard time with both of them healthy. So yeah, Antoine if, Winfield Jr. He's he he's a hell of a player. He's not playing this game, right? I I mean it, it, he's questionable right now. Not looking like it. And then Jordan Whitehead's the other safety. So you take these two out, where your safeties are pretty much your communication. You know they're, they're your generals in the second the second level. Uh, you end up leaving Tyree Kill open one play. That's all it takes for an 80, 85 yard touchdown. And then that helps support for Kelsey. We talk about the matchups. And don't forget, these guys aren't just about those players. You got a Sammy Watkins and a, a Hardman that are track stars too. So it's going to be interesting to see how Tampa Bay really has their defense ready to go. I can't see they're going to have to blitz Mahomes, right? But when you blitz Mahomes, you risk that one on one versus Tyreek Hill. Well, see, that's that's just the thing about blitzing Patrick Mahomes too. That's that's so hard. He's got great pocket awareness. He can move side to side. But one of the things they teach you as an NFL quarterback or just a quarterback in general is to not go backwards. A seven-step drop is as far back as you want a quarterback going. Patrick Mahomes will drop back 20 yards, Mike, and, yeah. and, and throw the ball on a dime. That, that's what's different. It makes it so much harder to sack him because that pocket's that much deeper. I mean, that's how far back this guy goes. A seven-step seven drop, forget it, man. Patrick Mahomes will step back 15 and throw the ball through the upright. You know the, what I mean? It's like the, 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 the man dudes. is now three weeks removed from that toe injury as well. Right. 
And right. I, I, let me tell you one more weakness I got for the Bucks, and it's kind of been the history of Tom Brady. The one place he doesn't like pressure, he does great when defensive ends are coming from the sides or outside linebackers. He doesn't like pressure coming straight up the middle. If Chris Jones gets loose the way he did versus the 49ers last year, this is going to be a long game for Tom Brady. Uh, he does not like that gap coming right up the middle and hit him. And that's what Chris Jones does. That's why he's a $100 million man. man. That's right. That's right. It That offensive line is going to have to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's no question about it. Um, their defense has to come to play. You mentioned they got to take advantage of the weekend offensive line for the Chiefs, and they've got to be able to score the ball. Mike, Tom Brady can't be chucking up interceptions. This game, he's got to play it clean. All right, Mike, things to watch for Kansas City. Obviously, we mentioned it before, very elite offense. Defense isn't shabby either what's their game plan and go ahead and point out maybe one or two weaknesses. You mentioned the weekend offensive line. Is there anything else that stands out glaring to you where they can be exposed? Can I start with one point that has not been discussed enough? You know who the defensive coordinator is, right? For the chiefs. Good old Steve Spangle, the man that designed designed the giants went over him. The big upset. That guy is going to be ready for it. And something that's underrated about the Chiefs, because their their defense, in my opinion, has been underrated all all year. They just haven't had the pressure that they needed. And you put them in a moment like this, but their cornerbacks are great man-to-man coverage corners. And I know Tampa has some good receivers, but their ability to man up on a wide receiver gives Tyron Matthew a huge ability to kind of flow everywhere on the field. He doesn't really need to help too much. So I'm looking for Matthew to have an explosion game, a big play, something that changes this Super Bowl all the way around, whether it's a forced fumble or it's an interception, he fools Tom Brady. But mm. that's what I'm looking at. These corners man up on his special wide receivers and Matthew just making that play that he was brought in to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's that sounds right, man. Um, I can see all of those things happening, Mike. I can see all of that happening. I I I believe that the offensive line hindrance is not that well, don't get me wrong, it's a big deal, but it's not as hindering to the Kansas City Chiefs given the ability to escape the pocket and drop back like Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think they'll be okay. Now, again, you know, Jason Pierre, Paul, Shaq Barrett, these guys combined for five sacks two weeks ago. So that's that it, it's something to watch. Definitely a detail in the game to watch. Um, okay, Mike, time has come. Two things I want to talk about. One, I want to hear your sleeper for Super Bowl MVP. Keep in mind, typically it's a quarterback. We know that historically, but over the years, there have been some others that have won. Take five years ago, Von Miller, I think it was five years ago, six million, six years ago, Von Miller was the MVP. A few years before that, Malcolm Smith, linebacker out of Seattle, was the MVP. You've had a couple wide receivers take it. I remember back in the day when Heinz Ward took it for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I believe San Antonio Holmes, also one of Ben Roethlisberger's uh, quarterbacks, took it as well. So a lot of different players that could potentially come out as the MVP. Give me a sleeper because, of course, we we both have it penciled in. If the Tampa Bay wins, Tom Brady's going to get it. And if the Chiefs win, Patrick Mahomes is going to get it. But give me somebody who's a sleeper who makes a big play. My sleeper is the honey badger, Tyron Matthew. This yeah, guy just is a playmaker. He he reminds me of Ed Reed where he just finds the ball and disrupts it and gets in his hands. I can see this guy with a pick six, a forced fumble, a sack. Um, he His presence on the field keeps quarterbacks up at night, giving them nightmares. You, I love that. 
How about you? You got somebody in mind? Yeah, I, yeah, I do. I love that pick, though, man. Tyron Matthew. I, I, I love, love him as a player. I've loved him his whole career. I love him at LSU. I love him since he's been in the league. Um, okay, here's my uh, Super Bowl MVP. And you're gonna laugh at this, but Mike, I am as serious as a heart attack, brother. Rob Gronkowski, and here is why. <laughs> and here is why. Check it out, man. Rob, he he's he's kind of now. Look, everybody looks at him as kind of like this goofy, dopey dude, but he's sleepy smart. Check it out. I believe that he's been saving a lot for this game. And there is nothing like the chemistry that they have between Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. They hold every record known from quarterback to tight end. I believe that Rob Gronkowski can show up for three touchdowns, two in the red zone, and I think he could break one. People are going to sleep on him, and he's going to do one of those old-style Megatron-esque catches where he grabs up on somebody and throws a uh, throws a safety right through the dirt and scampers it for a touchdown. Mark my words, Rob Gronkowski is going to show up with 85-plus yards and three touchdowns. He's my sleep. You know, I kind of have a feeling he's going to have a great game, too. Uh, you got you to just appreciate game. I mean, he, he, he's been in so many big moments, big-time plays, uh, him and Tom Brady talk about it. They know where they, they complete each other's sentences. Could be possible. All right, Mike, here here's the deal. I gotta get your I gotta get your Super Bowl prediction. I gotta get your uh your your overall last take. Who wins this game? Maybe go ahead and throw out a point differential for me. Yep. I got the Kansas City Chiefs repeating the first time this has happened in a long, long time in NFL history. 38 24 that's game. 38-24. That's high scoring for the Chiefs. That means the Chiefs are just going at it. You see any defensive touchdowns in there? Is that all offense? I think they get a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown. They've been fantastic at both categories. Okay. Um, all right. So Gotta here's the deal, you, Mike. I was going to say. <laughs> I was just going to say, here's the deal. I'm taking the opposite, man. I am going with Tom Brady. This is it. His absolute last win. I'm going to tell you, Mike, I – I hate to say if he, you know, when he when he comes back next year, I hate to count him out. Then they could very well do it, but I'm going to tell you the window, it's small right now, man. And he has got to seize the moment. And I am sure he's got that team believing that one time they can beat this juggernaut team in the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm looking for them to win 28 to 21. <laughs> Buccaneers roll. Fair enough. I I can't remember the last time the Chiefs have scored less than 35 in the playoffs, but you could be onto something. You got that tough defense, Mike. You got those pass rushes. You got a weak offensive line. You made my argument for me. We'll uh, we'll see if it we'll see if it stands up. Honestly, though, if here's what I will say: if the Bucks win, I will be shocked. I want them to win. I will be shocked if the Chiefs win. I won't be shocked. But I do think the Bucks are going to win. If that makes any sense, does that make sense somewhere? And you know, is that is it in any way tied together for you? I'm I'm gonna say yes, but you know the thing is, what the fans don't know that I know, Kev's got a huge heart for Tom Brady. It don't matter who this guy be playing; he could be playing the '95 Cowboys, and he's got Tampa. So I get it. I've seen it done before, but I just don't think he's gonna be able to match with uh, Patrick Mahomes. And uh, we got a new goat in question after this game. Yeah. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. I ain't gonna say that. We don't have a new goat in question if they loses, but I ain't gonna say that. But um, it's gonna be fun to watch either way. Mike loved it, man. I cannot wait for this weekend. We'll catch up next week. We'll talk about who won the Super Bowl and why. We'll be discussing another parade for Tom Brady, if my gut is, serves me correctly. But uh, great episode, man. Pleasure to be with you, listeners. Just want to end with a quote of the day, as always. Something simple, something short, anything worthwhile is always hard before it's easy. 
stay the course, stick to the grind, get it done. Want to make sure to remind you to subscribe from whatever airwaves you are listening to. And at the same time, visit us on Twitter. Do not forget to leave us a comment. We want to hear from you. We want to talk about what's on your mind. Hit us up, let us know, and we will get at you. Mike, catch you next week, brother. We are out of here.